What kind of sound quality do we have here? I think with outstanding sound quality. Outstanding sound quality brought to you by the good people at Jabra. I think, you know, Jabra is actually backed by Lilford's. You, you, are you saying that Lilford's is the, the holding company for Jabra? Yes. Lilford's is really that just is... a front for many other global entities. Including the internet. Yes. And Substation 2. Uh, I feel like Substation 2 is probably more independent than you think. Uh, I think there's a lot of conspiracy theories surrounding Substation 2. Well, I mean, the cryptic, the cryptic messages on the marquee at Winthrop would, uh, at the Winthrop location <laughs> of Substation 2 would, would, would lend itself to that, I would think. So how are you? I'm good. And welcome to the yeah. nexus of pop culture and Cherry Road. Yeah, you know, it's, it's good to be back in the nexus, into that, that ether world that uh, is what we consider pop culture, all things pop culture. Uh, and their relationship to perhaps the most important geographical location in the history of the planet, Cherry Road. That's correct. So we are um, we're we're delighted to be here tonight uh, to to share your earbuds with you uh, as we discourse on topics of such depth that. You know, most mortals can't comprehend. Let's jump right in and discuss the pending invasion of Ukraine by Russia. <laughs> it was my understanding that there would be no geopolitics in the debates. Uh, so let's start. So this will be part two of our episode about second acts. So I'm going to start mm -hmm. with a question for you. I, and I, and I, well, 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 before you do that, I want to go on record as saying, Folks who have been dedicated to the nexus of pop culture and Cherry Road from the very beginning will will be glad to note this is our very first successful part two ever. In spite of the fact huh. that we have promised many part twos for many of the previous That's podcast true. subjects that we've done. This is our first successful one. So that said, let's go ahead. Give me that. Give me your question and let's, let's is, roll with that. That is a milestone. And I've got someone in mind here. Um, so who in your mind, and I want you to think in terms of music, mm -hmm. who in your mind does, that needed a second act that never got one? Someone that you enjoyed? Maybe they were like a one-hit wonder or well, a super I mean, group? Or... I, so so I, I'm going to approach this question like I approach most of the questions that, you know, I have a gut answer, and, and then I, I would like some reflection time. So I'm going to give you my gut answer. First, because then we don't have dead air while I'm pondering. Uh, but <laughs> I'm also, uh, so I'm going to give you my gut answer. And then you clearly have thought about this. So you have an answer to this. You can give yours. And then I'm going to, while you're giving yours, then I can ponder and think about it more fully. Okay. So I'm going to say, first of all, and, and I believe we touched on them a little bit last week or not last week, <laughs> as if we're that consistent. Um, <laughs> on our last podcast, I'm going to go out and say Guns N' Roses. I would, mm. have, I would have greatly appreciated them getting their, their act together, so to speak. No, no pun intended there. Um, getting their act together for a second run because I believe that all of them were talented enough 
at least at that point in time. You know, if, if we're talking mid-90s, maybe even late 90s, that they were still talented enough to be able to pull something really amazing and incredible off. I felt like, and, and I believe I've stated this before, that uh, uh, Appetite for Destruction is one of my all-time favorite albums. Um, and, and I know that you feel like it doesn't play well as it used to back in your day uh, or, or as it did back in our day when it was prime. But I really always wanted more. I really felt like they revolutionized um, them and Metallica, I think, in combo and tandem, revolutionized what metal was um, and made it, in my mind, a little more accessible to people that weren't just the ones that were putting safety pins through their noses and things like that, you know, if, if yeah, I can I, be so bold. I just, I don't agree with a lot of what you said. Uh, Cause <laughs> <laughs> I well, don't find Guns N' Roses. Off this way. <laughs> I don't find Guns N' Roses to be revolutionary. I think they were l- late, a late continuance of what was already there. Metallica was around for a long time. Uh, still Agreed. is. Agreed. And Metallica, yeah, if you want to call them revolutionary, go right ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, Guns N' Roses, um, I agree, they really never did. You know, they, they followed up the Appetite for Destruction with Lies, um, which was only like, I think we talked about this, it was like six to eight songs. It wasn't very many songs. Right. Yeah, and then even did. Use Your Illusion 1 and 2. Um, mm-hmm. Mostly, like, the biggest song off there was Live and Let Die, which is a cover. And also a song that's like 72 seconds long. Um, so I, I don't, I just don't, I didn't want anything more from Guns N' Roses. And I think the reason why we, why we didn't was because a, they couldn't keep their act together, but they also, they waited too long. You know, they, they hit in like 87, I think it was with welcome to the jungle, mm-hmm. which is probably a freshman year in high school. And that sustained them for several years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, they just didn't, I don't know what their, I don't say drug problems, what their internal struggles were. I don't really care for Axl Rose a whole lot. I don't think he's particularly a talented vocalist. Mm-hmm. Um, not going to take anything away from Slash or Izzy Stradlin. I don't. I just. I don't feel that same way. But that's. And you're welcome to that opinion. Uh, I. I don't know what they. They could have given us. That. What. What, what would their second act look like, Scott? Well, see, now that's a question that I really can't answer because that. That would be. You know. I. I if you don't subscribe to them being revolutionary then there's really nothing I could say there on this point to convince explain, you. Explain otherwise. how they're revolutionary, though. Uh, I feel very antagonistic tonight. Explain how Guns N' Roses is revolutionary in 1987. Because for me, in 87, they're more of the same. I believe that Guns N' Roses made heavy metal accessible. Def to... Leppard did that in 83. I don't consider Def Leppard heavy metal. So, well, I so, think we're done you know, with this podcast for the evening. We're, we're going to have to, uh, we're going to have to, you know... Uh, uh, walk a fine line there. Um, I mean, Dokken was doing that before Guns N' Roses. Right, but Dokken never got radio play. You know, I mean, that's 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 where the revolutionary part comes in, is it somehow Guns N' Roses, and, and to be fair... Guns N' Roses until... is getting that radio play because Def Leppard paved the way. <laughs> oh, And I make no it... apology for that statement. And Def Leppard then had the way paved for them by Van Halen. I'll. I don't think that's true. Um, I think Def Leppard and Van Halen is they're they're two different things. Ah, um, they are both hard rock. 
That's what I would call both of them. But I, I don't feel Guns N' Roses is nowhere near the the equal the equal impact. I didn't. That's not the. That's not. You the call topic them revolutionary, though. But you I call did. them revolutionary to support. I did. But like, and I'm, and I'm arguing your opinion, which I'm not supposed to do. You're and you're making the assumption that I don't think Def Leppard is at all revolutionary. You're, that's that's the assumption that you're operating on here that that I have somehow criticized Def Leppard. I which love is, Def Leppard, which is the ultimate sin to criticize Def Leppard inside the Nexus. I just do not believe that Def Leppard is heavy metal. That's all I'm saying. I believe they are hard rock, and I believe there is a difference. Van then, Halen then, is then I don't believe rock. I don't believe Guns N' Roses is heavy metal. If Def Leppard's not and Van Halen's not, then the Guns N' Roses sure is not heavy metal. <laughs> You tell me Patience is a heavy metal song? Uh, no, I am not. But I would also not say that um, uh, Hysteria is a heavy metal song. No, it's I not. I, not at all. Not I, at all. I, 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 don't I, even, I don't even believe Def Leppard is true heavy metal, to be honest with you. I, I mean, but, I believe, but Motley Crue certainly would be considered heavy metal. Um, yeah, Motley Crue is much more revolutionary than Guns N' Roses. Ooh, uh, and Poison, for sure, is not heavy metal. That's no, one of the agreed. Biggest. And I love agreed. Poison. That's hairband. Um, yes, that's hairband. I would say that... Um, Which Guns Molly N' Roses Crue, is. So, so hear me, though. Molly Crew agreed, heavy metal, but Molly Crew didn't start getting radio play until much later in the Motley Crew career. So... They started getting airplay with Smoking the Boys Room, which would have been around 85, 86. But I don't like Richard. Motley Crue either. <laughs> See, I, mean, and I, I love Motley Crue. I love them. I love Iron Maiden. I love heavy metal. I do. I can respect Iron Maiden. You better Motley respect Crue Iron just became, Motley there Crue will became be, caricatures let, of let, let me so. be very clear about this. Let me be very clear about this. I wanted more from Guns N' Roses. I didn't get yes, it. Yes, I, I understand that. I, I okay. get it. Yeah, if that's the bottom secondly, line. This... Secondly, secondly, much Ladies like there will, tonight. there will be no disrespect of Def Leppard, there will be no disrespect of Iron Maiden inside the Nexus. I have no, I'm not going to give Iron Maiden a hard time at all. Okay. I'm, and I'm fine. You can disrespect Axl Rose all you want. Axl Rose is the reason there was never another. You're absolutely uh, right about that. Guns N' Roses follow up. And, and, and I, I, I 100% wholeheartedly agree with you that Slash and Izzy Stradlin, if they could have found a, and, and I think Slash found, uh, well, I think they both found some decent success, but if they could have found another front man, that was less volatile. You know, I mean, I listen to some of the interviews that James Hetfield and um, uh, Lars Ulrich have about being on tour with, Metall with, uh, with Guns N' Roses uh, and, and how difficult it was just because of Axl Rose. I bet. Um, and how embarrassed Slash and those guys were over Axl Rose's behavior and his refusal to cooperate on so many different fronts. Um, the night that, uh, I don't know if you remember this, but they were playing, I think it was in Toronto. I'm pretty sure it was in Canada, at least they were doing a show. It was one of the, you know, the, where they were alternating who opened for whom. Um, and, uh, so Metallica was the opening act in that particular night. And, um, uh, James Hetfield caught on fire. Yeah, I remember and that. Like was badly burned. And so, you know, they, rushed him out and of course the fans are like you know alternating between upset over what's going on with him and pissed because they're missing out on their metallica part of the concert you know <laughs> and so lars ulrich said you know at that point guns and roses came out and they could have had 
you know, they could have saved the day in essence, you know, just put on an amazing rocking display. Well, Axl Rose got like his nose out of joint and they sang like one or two songs and then he said his throat hurt and he quit. And so there were riots. There was like a riot that night yeah. because the people had gotten screwed out of not only Metallica over and over. Was that a Monsters of Rock concert? Yeah, I think so. I think it was that, that, that series, yeah. And why was so, Sticks so, opening for that? Because Sticks which, is a monster which, of rock. They're just not a monster of heavy metal. No, that's true. <laughs> I love Sticks. I really do. I love Sticks. I love. See, I, I think that what we're learning here is that my musical tastes are just much more diverse than yours. I don't hate Sticks. I I think Dennis DeYoung is probably the greatest prima donna of all time. Well, I would I would definitely agree with that, and I think that. Uh, you know, his whole Mr. Roboto thing probably is what killed Sticks. <laughs> yes. His insistence that that be the direction that they go. Yes, that is correct. You know, I'm going to tell you right now, just to, to a guilty pleasure of mine is to be in my car. Are you going to tell myself. me you are indeed Kilroy? No, is to be in my car by myself and turn on Come Sail Away and sing it at the absolute top of my lungs. I defy you to turn on that song and not sing it at the top of your lungs. It's it's just an amazing song to sing along to. Didn't Cartman sing that in South Park once? He did. He did. <laughs> Come sail away. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so, indeed. Uh, um, okay, so now give me your answer to this question, O ye of uh, pondering ponderances. Okay, so I came up with this question when I was listening to my car and the song came on by this artist. And so I don't know, maybe this artist had a second act or a successful career in another country. Because it's a famous name I'm going to give you. And my, my question is, or my curious why he didn't have one. Was David Julian Hasselhoff Lett. had a great big career in Germany. Here we go with David Hasselhoff again. <laughs> Ladies, if you're not familiar, this is what ruined our first po- podcast. <laughs> was Scott's dedication to David Hasselhoff. And his German <laughs> successful singing career. So it's Julian Lennon, because remember, like in the mid '80s, Julian Lennon had uh, he had he had an album out, he had two songs that charted pretty well. Yes, he's John, I... he's John Lennon's son. He sounds just like him. Yes, and so, but we never got anything else. And there was talk that uh, at Live Aid, there were rumors that there was going to be a Beatles reunion at Live Aid with Julian Lennon playing his father's role. Right. And because, that Paul Carney says that was never under serious consideration. Yes. I, I, and, and I understand that. But, you know, if you're being mentioned in rumors in that way, shape, or form, uh, at, you know, probably uh, what in my mind was the greatest concert event of all time, um, then you've, you're doing something right. And then you, he suddenly disappeared. Um, and, and it's more surprising for him because of who he is. You know, for, for a guy like Jesus Jones <laughs> to, to have, you know, a hit or so and then fade away is not, you know, unheard of. Right. Uh, or or Jesus, Jesus' brother Howard Jones. Uh, Howard Jones had a few hits. Uh, I know he uh, did. I know he did. I know Brandy he did. loves I just, him. I'm not a Howard Jones guy. I, I wanted to make that connection. 
<laughs> just the, the Jesus and Howard connection, unlike the Jesus and Mary chain. Um, I, uh, but yeah, that, that's a good, that's a good, you know, and I feel like if we had a producer right now, he or she could be looking up, okay, whatever happened to Julian Lennon? Yeah. And I never um, really, I read, I read some stuff, but I never really got like a definitive answer mm-hmm. because I just, I remember him being popular. He had two, I think one was Valette, um, V-A-L-O-T-T. I'm not sure how you say that. The other one was much too late for goodbyes. Um, yeah, that was the big one, I think. Much too, while uh, while much both too were two very repetitive songs, yeah, it sounds like it listened to the Beatles or John Lennon a lot. Yeah, and you know, and then George Harrison came back uh, in the late '80s with his Cloud Nine album, um, and that was very successful. Then he went on; he had a, that was his his second act was solo. Then his third act was with the Wilburys. But I just and, thought Julian Lennon, like he's still alive. And I'm thinking he's like 60 years old. Like, man, we missed a lot of years of. Of, of Julian Lennon. Maybe he just personally didn't want it. I know he's got issues with his dad and John Lennon wasn't a good dad to him. No, no, I have issues with his dad. So, um, <laughs> I got issues yeah, with his stepmom. I think, yes, her too. But, um, uh, yeah, I think, boy, you just threw out a lot of information there and it's like, we're just gonna just gloss over like the traveling <laughs> Wilburys was not, one of the most amazing creations ever. Right, right. Um, you know, that's 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 huge. Uh, and, and for your kids out there, that's Tom Petty, Roy Orbison, mm-hmm. Jeff Lynn. Bob, Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan, Roy Orbison. And George. George Harrison. Harrison. All in one group at one time. Yes. yes. And, well, it's all right. Uh, and if I'm... With only two still surviving, is that correct? Would be Just, Jeff Lynn and Bob Dylan. Yeah, because I, I I haven't read anything about Jeff Lynn's demise. He's still alive, correct? I had no idea, and I like the Traveling Wilburys. I had no idea, like in '88 or '89, when they came out with their album, who the who the heck Jeff Lynn was. Yeah, yeah, I think a lot of people. He was probably the most unknown quantity. Um, yeah, because that was Tom Petty was in his heyday then. Um, absolutely and Bob and Dylan George Harrison just had a resurgence too and yeah and everybody knows Bob Dylan his voice is on the stage right and Roy Orbison who just and wow when you listen to yeah. Roy Orbison sing anything yeah 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 that's that's uh that's pretty amazing sometimes if, if you've never caught it um and I don't want to di- digress too much from our discussion here but every now and then PBS will show uh, a, tri- a tribute to Roy Orbison and I haven't seen one of those. It's uh, it's and it's, it's mostly filmed in black and white, and all of them and and Roy Orbison's there. I mean, he's playing with all of these people, and 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 it's all the Wilburys are on stage with him, and Elvis Costello, Springsteen, just a bunch of guys who have been influenced by uh, Roy Orbison's music over the years. Um, and uh, but he sings a bunch. I mean, they sing a bunch of Roy Orbison songs, and sometimes Roy sings, and sometimes other guys sing, and sometimes they're just in the background, just playing, you know, instrumentation with him. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's it's pretty, it's it's pretty cool. It, it, it kind of reminds me. I don't know if you remember, um, uh, and I don't know know your feelings on John Denver either. But uh, oh, I like John uh, Denver. John, I can't, I can't picture him without Kermit the Frog. Um, yes, un- understood. And, and that's, that, that speaks to our generation. Um, but, uh, John Denver doing, uh, um, he did, uh, uh, thank God I'm a country boy. 
and uh, it, he he and he was backed up by um, uh, uh, Johnny Cash. Uh, um, oh, what's his name? Rhinestone Cowboy, uh, Glenn Campbell, mm-hmm. um, and oh, Roger. Roger, I can't remember Roger's last I've been name. Walking these streets so long. Yes, yes. No, Roger, that the sings, same old uh... song. See, that's Glenn Campbell. Stop. Yeah. I know uh, every dirty crack of the you know, sidewalks you know the song, of Broadway. Uh, you know the song, uh, Robin Hood and Little John walking through the forest. That sounds made up. No, it's not. It's not made up. Uh, I can't remember his last name. Roger Williams, Roger something like that. Well, anyway, this, it's the four of them. This is the point in the John... podcast, by the way, that I announced that one of my cats has now entered the room. <laughs> like clockwork. It is. We're at the, right at but the 20-minute mark. It's not Oliver. It's Poppy, which is surprising. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. This moment is brought to you by Meow Mix. Because <laughs> um, we and... know those bastards of Fancy Feast, they know what they did. <laughs> That's right. They know That's it. Right. I don't even want to talk about it. They know what they did. And uh, and and this is also the point where I, I say to Steve, and that's the point where my kids always ask, why does he always say that? <laughs> First off, I'd like to shout out to uh, Harper, Stone, <laughs> and whatever the other kids' names are. Dillian Hadley. Is it, there's a scout in there, maybe? No. no what scout. is it, Dillian Hadley? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Um, Obviously, Harper and Stone are my favorites. Yeah. Well, <laughs> clearly, I'm going to have to deal with that after they listen I, to this. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Gillian Hadley. I love all four of you equally. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, anyway. All right. So, um, I still have not been able to think of anything, anybody just off the top of my head that I wish had gotten a second act you know, I guess I would I would consider one hit wonders um, that really or, or or bands that I feel like. And, and here's a question for you. Would we consider it? What about bands that were localized, but that never seemed to catch the big break? Would that be a second act or is that a whole diff- different like Cootie and the Blowfish? No, I mean, they. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um you know, there were bands that, you know, came out of the Athens scene or out of the Seattle scene or out of the, you know, whatever scene. Well, like that, bands out of Athens like Pylon, Kill Kenny Cats. Yeah, bands like that that, Magna you know, Pop. never made, never made, uh, never made those kind of uh, big transitions. Vigilantes you know, of Love. <laughs> okay. Steve, remember is them? Clearly, Steve is clearly not focused tonight. He's just going no, to No, they're all, they're all Athens bands. There's a... Yes, I know that. I know that. I had, a, I had a Portuguese instructor who claims to be the original drummer for Vigilantes of Love. And at what point do you also say, and I'm, I'm just going to gloss right over that Portuguese instructor comment. Um, yeah, I'll find what, Portuguese. what point do you say, okay, they just had a career and they retired and, you know, second act not necessary? Cause like, That's true. A band like Driving and Crying. I love those guys. And they were pretty consistent all the There's way through. St- I would describe them as a southern regional band. Okay. And you're not going to go yeah. up to New Jersey and find anyone listening to Driving and Crying. Yeah. No one's got okay. the Honeysuckle Blues in the Garden State. See, and that just, that, 
freaks. No one's no one's catching a wind up there in Minnesota. All apologies to our to our. We have a very small base of listeners in the St. Paul area. Thank you. Um. So yeah. So that 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 would be be my question is is. You know, I would have to reflect upon, okay, who do I feel like had enough fame to even be considered for a second act? Um, and, you know, that's, that's kind of Yeah, Julian Lennon I, just came to me. I was listening to some 80s music. He just came on. It came on. Like, why wasn't he more? Sorry, I keep hitting my little mouthpiece thing. Uh, why wasn't he more? Why wasn't he just huge? Like, he should have been. It was the right. Like, his music was good. His sound was good. It mm. just. It just I don't know why it didn't was it just a little bit yeah. too late? I don't yeah, know. I don't know. So, I mean, what about the Rolling Stones? Do you feel like they should have had a second act? <laughs> That's a really good example of to, a band that never had a second act that never needed one because their right. first one was so big. Yeah. And still going to this day. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, and, that's, though, and that's a tribute to them because that's really rare. I mean, the Beatles broke up in what, 70? Yeah. Uh, right around, yeah, I would think, yeah, 70's probably right, yeah. And that's 50 years ago now. 52 yeah. years ago is 1970, and the Rolling Stones, and, I think, are still a band. And they were together then. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, Charlie Watts and and I believe Bill Wyman are both dead now. Uh, I know Charlie Watts is. Um, I'm pretty sure Bill Wyman is, too. So it's just it's just Mick and, uh, and, and Ron Keith. and Keith now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's... I think Air Supply is also a, a, a band that's uh, never need a second act. I love Air Supply. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> I, have, I have them all. I actually just listened to them like the day before yesterday. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with enjoying Air Supply. That is a sound of, you know, 81, 82. Like... I'm going to tell you right now, if you want to just really get nostalgic for the 1980s, go and go and find the official music video for All Out of Love. Oh, okay. Well, a challenge accepted. I'm writing this and down. And watch it and just revel in the glory of hair <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, and... Is it Robin and, and Graham? Was that their names? I believe that's right, yes. Robin and Graham, yes. That's, <laughs> that's good. I couldn't tell you their last names to save my life, but... It was uh, it was Robin Hitchcock, I believe. No, I, wasn't it? No, Robin Hitchcock is is a band that okay. Robin Hitchcock. So, is I don't know. It's Robin and Graham. I don't remember the names. Yeah. Um, All right, so let's go. I know we we I want to get to Van Halen. Yes. Uh, uh, I think and, I said Halen. And you also wanted you also wanted to get into uh, actors. Yes, um, that was that was something else you wanted to get into. So I have, I have a couple contra. Before we get to Van Halen, let's let me go into these like a couple of ones that I thought about with second acts. Mm-hmm. And and one one for sure was a very clear line, and the other one not so much. And I'm I'm throwing out the second one to be controversial. So the first one is Kiss. Kiss mm-hmm. first first act is the 70s. Mm-hmm. Their second act without the makeup was disastrous. Agreed. Until a third act returned them to the makeup. Agreed. Yes. Which well, that's a which fact. actually, to me, supports the theory. Kiss just not that great of a band. They're a great act. They're a great performance. For me, not a great band. I know they're that's controversial. Great, 
it's not too controversial to me. Um, I like some of Kiss's music. Um, I think that with makeup and all the hullabaloo, they put on an outstanding show. Do it's I think outstanding use are... of hullabaloo, by the way? Um, thank you. Um, uh, I think that I don't think they're particularly all that talented musically. Um, but I do think that they kiss, I believe, perfected what we would call as the gimmick, you know, yeah. which, which, you know, I, I kind of wonder, and I know this, <laughs> oh, I'm about to step in it here, folks. Uh oh. I, I kind of wonder, you know, did they, their gimmick, even though it was highly and grossly different, did that pave the way for something, uh, like, uh. Oh gosh! Now the name's uh, Spinal Tap. Hmm. Because Spinal, Spinal Tap is a gimmick, right? You know, I've you. Uh, what's what's the name of uh, uh, Jack Black's band? Is it T- Tenacious D? That's mm-hmm. a gimmick. Guar is a gimmick. Guar. Guar is I mean, crap. Yes, but it's a gimmick. You know, right? It's, and people want to see that gimmick. And I think with Kiss, yeah. they want to see. I, I don't think that you could put Gene Simmons solo on stage and he'd go up there and, and hold his own playing with the members of Van Halen. Well, and uh, I saw... And, and he's a bassist, right? Yes. And I'll say this. I saw... Yes, and he can't hold a candle to Michael Anthony. No. Um, I, or, I saw, or Rick Savage from Def Leppard. I saw Kiss play... Agreed. Um, I saw Kiss play in makeup and I saw them play without makeup. Now, without was makeup, there a difference? It was, just, it was, it was pathetic. Right. Without makeup, it was pathetic. I mean, it was seriously. So the band that opened up with them, op- opened up for them, and I'll, I'll be impressed if you even remember this band, was Crocus. Cro- I remember the name Crocus. I couldn't name that's, any other that's, music. That's with, that's with all K's. K-R-O-K-U-S. Um, and I probably couldn't name a single song that they sang to this day. But when Kiss came out... They were an air supply without... cover band, weren't they? <laughs> when Kiss came out... To play without makeup, and it and remember this is this is only Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley. There's no Ace Frehley. There's no Peter Chris in this. Case. I'm out. Um, and so, no makeup, and it's like, come on, bring Crocus back, bring Crocus back on stage. <laughs> and so that was yeah. I, I'll agree. Yeah, I don't think I don't feel like you're being controversial in this one. So what's your I'll other? Say, I would go a bit further on that one and say that. Just if you look at two bands that wore a lot of makeup, mm-hmm. comparing Poison to Kiss, Poison mm-hmm. far superior musically than Kiss for me. I mean, CeCe DeVille, I would even say better than Ace Frehley. I mean, he picked up that guitar and talked to you. You know what? I, I don't need to say anything more after that. Okay, so here's the second one. Uh-huh. May have to... You may have to see if there was indeed a second act because this is the band that had a long arc. Uh-huh. And so it's the Grateful Dead. Uh-huh. Maybe this is a, a strange occasion where this is like going into like the multiverse. Or did you see, did you watch Loki? No, I did not. Okay. Okay, Back to the Future 2. Yep. It's almost like a skewed timeline. Because right. for some, there are, there are people that follow Def Leppard from the 60s all the way through when Jerry Garcia died, which would have been 95. 
And when, you, said when I people that, you, you said people that followed Def Leppard. You meant Sorry. to say the Grateful Dead. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, Def Leppard on the mind. Yeah, Grateful Dead. And, and that was, their act was always the same. Mm-hmm. But their second act is commercialism. And, and those are the people who were younger who are going out to places like, and I, and I say this because I remember seeing it, they're buying the printed tie-dye Dancing Bear shirt of Bloomingdale's and wearing it to, with a pair of tucked-in jeans that are tight-rolled at the bottom with a weave belt tucked under and hanging down, if you know what I'm saying. Yep. Um, so there was like the real, the real deadheads and then the skewed timeline of the commercial deadheads. Who were just about and, the image, and I'm not, I'm not sure they really ever paid attention to the music. And so are you asking me if I agree with your assessment here? What are you asking me here? Is commercialism a second act? No. It is not. Because I don't think that the dead necessarily... So it's just a went, branch is what it is. I, I don't think they went to extremes to promote that. I don't, um, I don't think they did at all. I'm not, I'm not, um, I don't blame the Grateful Dead at all. For that, yeah. I think that what happened when so th- there are a couple of Grateful Dead songs that go that go farther back, like a Casey Jones type song. You mm-hmm. know, you know that one. I'm mm-hmm. assuming, yeah. Um, that that have Better a little bit speed. of a little bit of commercial appeal, uh, a little bit of pop appeal, so to speak. Um, I love Touch but, of Grey. That's their most commercial success. Right. And that's, that's, that's the song that I was about to bring up that, you know, that, that got top 40 play. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it had a... I think it was their a, only top 40 song. It had a true music video. Um, you know, uh, I don't know that that... I don't know if that was an attempt by the dead to remain relevant or to try to procure and obtain new audiences. Um, and they just, you know, didn't feel like that's what they needed to do upon further review. Um, you know, not long after that song was released, Jerry Garcia died. Um, and, no, I mean uh, like eight years later. Uh, what was the year of Touch of Grey? Probably 87, 88. Was it he really? died in '95. He died in the summer. Yeah, of I know 95. he died. I know when he died. Are you sure about that? With Touch oh yeah, of Grey? yeah, yeah. Touch of Grey was '80s for sure. We were in high school. Huh. That uh. I mean, I think someone's I, yeah, throwing I'll, out the I'll, challenge I'll take, flag here. No, I'll I'll take your word for that. Um, '87. I went and looked it up. Because that was easy to look up. Here's the thing with me. Do you really need to? Do you really need to look it up if I say it's eighty-seven? Did you say eighty-seven? I did. It says eighty-seven, eighty-eight. Okay. Um, I think that, but by then they had kind of, by the time he died, they had kind of recoiled back into, you know, doing their thing. Um, I think and, not long and, after and, that. I think I think they just someone probably said, "Hey, this is where music is. Try this out." They tried it out. They didn't like it, and they, they didn't do it again because they didn't need to. And 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 here's the thing. So I went to see the I went to see the Dead uh, just a couple of months ago. Um, Who's left? And, Mickey Hart and who you know, else? 
um, uh, Bob Weir, most importantly, Bob uh, and Rob, who was you know the 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 second voice of the dead. Um, you know, a lot of people kind of lean on him even more than Jerry. Um, but but anyway, so I don't know if you knew this or not, but their lead guitarist now is John Mayer. And John Mayer, you know, he had all his controversial problems a few years back and I guess got hooked on drugs or whatever and made bad decisions and all those things that pop that artists often do. But, um, you know, they, they were doing an interview with him when he started, not long after he started the gig. And they said, well, we just, you know, which, which John Mayer songs will you be playing when you guys are on, on tour together? And uh, he said, none. He said, I'm an employee. He said, I play the Grateful Dead songs, and when they ask me to sing, I will sing. And so he sings a lot of the songs that Jerry Garcia did. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you've ever heard him or what you know about John Mayer, but his guitar playing skills are absolutely phenomenal. I just I mean, can't phenomenal. stand him. Um, yeah, but, and, and I couldn't either, but going and seeing him and watching him participate in the show, he, he said nothing, you know, other than when he sang songs. Um, he didn't. Put, his, put himself out there. Uh, if anybody talked, it was Bob Weir. Mm -hmm. um, and he's kind of accepted this this role as just, I'm I'm a member of the band. Is Rob Weston still cool. alive? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think but so. I'm, I'm, I've, I, haven't, I haven't kept up with that enough to remember. But but I will say this um, about your, your question. I I would not say that they ever had a second act. I would put them in the Rolling Stones category. They've just never need, needed one. Um, I think they've had different different approaches to their music, but I think that could be said about a lot of different bands. Um, you know, Pink Floyd, uh, a lot of different approaches to their music. Mm -hmm. um, and And I think we hit on them a little bit with acts before and talked about whether or not, you know, did they have one, two, three acts. Um, and I think we settled on that they had three acts because they they changed significantly with their sound based on who was leading the band. Yes. Um, but with the dead, you know, Jerry Garcia and Bob Weir were always kind of the, the front men, the spokespersons. And when Jerry died, Bob Weir maintained his status. And they just kind of filled in until they finally settled in with John Mayer as kind of taking Jerry Garcia's place. How old was Jerry Garcia when he died? Mean, not that old. 60-something, 60 64, was 65. Was he that old? I don't even think he was that old. Yeah. I, I was thinking he was like so. our age. Maybe... No, 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 no. Because um, he was... You're looking it up right now? Maybe he was in, maybe he was in his 50s, but I, I just... Uh... Yeah, I'm going to look it up. Of course. I'm if he was 60 another... in 1995, that must mean he was born in 35. I mean, yeah, 1935, which seems way too, way too old. He was 53. Okay. 53. Five so year difference, Scott. I don't want to be Jerry Garcia, dude. <laughs> Neither do I. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that was all his healthy choices, but, um, but you know, but I mean, Bob Weir's like seventy something. He's he's in incredible shape. 
Um, but uh, but anyway, so yeah, so that answers that question. So now let's get into Van Halen because we're right, at the forty minute mark here. Um, so I I would say that Van Halen had a first act, a second act, and then a lot of just nonsense and confusion. <laughs> that's a really good description. That's that that's that's the so way. For, so that I let would me guess. Say. So first act is David Lee Roth. Uh huh. Second is Van Hagar. Yep. Third is that dude from Extreme whose name I don't even know. Gary Sharon. And then uh, the the anything after that where is is they're touring with both guys or they're announcing David's back, which seemed to happen every other year in MTV. They make an announcement: David's well, back. I, I, I think they first did an announcement that Dave was back before they went to the extreme guy for a brief, like just a few months. And then it was determined that that was not working. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and so they brought in this, the, the extreme guy and that lasted no time at all. And then there was, yes, what it devolved into with, with, uh, with your, um, the way you just described it is who, who's who's really going to be there tonight? You know, talk about um, like a bad second act. David Lee Roth, his solo career was not good. Oh wow, I'm talking about a Yankee Rose. The Yankee Rose, <laughs> the video was good. That was it. Yeah, yeah. That song was yeah. not a good song. Uh, just like Living in Paradise well, off of the skyscraper. But that album. whole that whole that whole four song California Girls album. Crazy from the heat. <laughs> it's like, you're right. There's like five songs on it, and they're what they all yeah. covers. Yeah, I think so. Because just, just a gigolo was on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was. He was so absolutely. He has no substance whatsoever. No, none. Um, and uh, you know, I hated that because he was, you know, with Van Halen, they were awesome, and that's the thing. This is where this is one that I have a lot of difficulty talking about because I went I've seen I saw Van Halen during both acts um and to see Van Halen in the 1984 tour um uh w- was just phenomenal because I mean so that was their I feel like that was their peak with the David Lee Roth uh, cast. Yeah, absolutely. It was because because that's that that's another thing that defines them as such a classic second act, uh, successful second act. Because I'm, I'm I'd like for us we've I feel like we've talked enough about everything that happened after Van Hagar. <laughs> um, I, I don't want to talk <laughs> about that anymore, um, unless it's to talk about you know the end of uh, toward Ed, the when when Eddie passed, um, and and just all of that that just sucked. But um, but they had, you know, that that powerhouse just peak when Jump and Panama and and I'll Wait and those songs came uh, were released and that album came out and it was awesome and they were just in concert. It was just amazing, you know. It was I would rank it right up there with ACDC, which is in my mind sets the standard for what a, for greatest concert ever. Um, and they were just awesome. Now, I didn't feel like Van Hagar was as awesome in concert, but I did feel like somehow, some way, 
the music got better with Sammy Hagar. I, I don't, I, I can't put my finger on why. Um, and, and for that reason, I would typically find myself, you know, now we're in the age of, you know, downloaded songs and not having whole albums and things like that. So I don't do this as much as I used to, but I would be more apt to put in a Sammy Hagar Van Halen CD to listen to in a, in a ride in the car than I would be a David Lee Roth Van Halen CD. No, I think the answer sense? to that, why the music got better was because David Lee Roth literally was the front man for Van Halen. And he does have a great voice and he's a great yeah. showman. Sammy Hagar had his own solo career. Uh, and I think he was part of another band prior to joining Van Halen. Whereas David yes. Lee Roth and Eddie Van Halen met in high school together. Um, so I think that's, yeah. but I do, I do, I do agree that probably the, like the, the best overall Van Halen is the image of David Lee Roth leading that band on stage. Mm. But the music is better with Sammy Hagar. Yeah. Cause I think, I think 5150 and OU812 are better than 1984 probably. But if you said to yes. me, which one do you want to see the concert for? I'm going to tell you, I want to see 1984. Yeah, well, and I, you know, I I don't know that that I think that I love so many songs off of those two albums that you just mentioned, Fifty One Fifty and OU Eight One Two. Um, but I don't know that any of the songs on any of those albums ever lived up to Jump in Panama. I just, no, not in the know. same way. Yeah, um, because when I think and, of Van so Halen, I. I hear in, the instrument. I don't even hear David Lewis's voice. I hear the instrumental. I hear the guitar and the synthesizer from from Jump. Yeah. So there's a, there's a funny thing. So when you listen to the song, or when you watch the video, better yet, when you watch the video for Jump, at the end of the synthesizer solo. Um, it, it kind of slows down a little bit. And in the video, David Lee Roth lets out like this, oh, but it's only in the video. That's hmm. not in the song. It's very interesting. I need to watch that. Check out the, check out the official video of, the, of, of Jump sometime and, and check it out. It's, it's, it's very strange. I don't know why they did that because I think it sounds really cool in the video when he does it. But, uh, but anyway. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's kind of the, the dilemma, but you know, I would, I would much rather, uh, sit around and, and listen to dreams or love walks in or, um, you know, uh, any, a lot of those songs that, that, uh, that make up, I can't remember what the big smash hit from OU812 was. How do I know uh, it? OU812. No, uh, 5150. What was the big smash on 5150? I can't think of it. Because Dreams and Love Walks In, uh, I, I just I can't pull it out of my head, uh, out of my mind. Oh, right now, but, I'll get it in a second here. Um, Wait, no. Mm, keep talking. So, yeah, so I, I just, Sammy Hagar was just significantly more talented and, 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 you know, you brought up his, he had a, he had a solo career before that. He did. Uh, but I still don't know that I would attribute it just to that because, you know, I mean, he had, I can't drive 55. Um, and 
you know, that why was can't this big, be love? That was by what the way, he was known song. for. Why can't this be love? Yes, that's it. You know, and I love that song. And you know, it's funny sitting here and naming these songs. This goes back to that discussion we were having about hard rock and heavy metal. Those are barely hard rock. Yeah. <laughs> They're barely hard rock. You know, um, Van, David Lee Roth Van Halen was a lot closer to hard rock, I feel like. Um, particularly if you go back to pre-1984 albums like, you know, Unchained, um, uh, Ain't Talking About Love, those kind of songs, you know, uh, those are those are truly hard rock that almost gets you to the heavy metal point. Almost, for but teacher. not quite. I mean, yeah, you could make the argument that that has some some. I mean, that's definitely harder rock. Um, but uh, but yeah. So so anyway, Van Halen, two really sh solid acts, and then just falls apart. And I. And I you know, I, I don't know. You know, I, I've read some things over the years that I, I feel like that the Van Halen brothers were very hard to work with um, based on what I've read. Um, mm -hmm. And, and read interestingly, I've, uh, interestingly, I've read that Alex even more so than Eddie um, was was hard, harder to deal with. I also think Teddy, um, the lesser really known think... brother. Yeah. Yeah. Teddy Van Halen. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> He was a backstage grip. Um, yeah. Um, and, and uh, you know, I always just look at Michael Anthony in some of the videos and interviews I've seen with him. It's just a guy. He was just having fun and along for the ride. Um, and uh, so, yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen any of the videos of him, like, chugging entire bottles of Jack Daniels on stage. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, He it's, hit the Jack Daniels bass, didn't he? Bass, yeah. He did. All right, so now we're at the 50-minute mark, so I don't think we need to get to actors right now because that'll prolong this whole thing. So this is where we usually do yeah. our, our, our cool down here in the next 10 minutes. We're usually ask me a Mike Schmidt trivia question. Yeah. Do you have one? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't have one right now. Um, so I, I, I did not I did not. I feel like we've scammed was, our so listeners. That they've, they've gotten 50 minutes in, and we don't have a Mike Schmidt trivia question. Well, you know, I, I think that there is always room for uh, for me to find one um, without, you know, causing too much of a uh, a, a dead air uh, scenario. But that means that you will have to, f you know, fill some of these things for now. Um, and... Uh, Oh, there's I've, there I've right there. I've got one. Okay, no, we got. I've got I've got the question. I'm I'm ready. Okay. Um, All right. It's and 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 so are we, are we just uh, that's it. We're just going straight into Mike Schmidt right now. There's just no straight straight into Mike Schmidt. There's there's no wrap up. I'm I I feel like that you know before we do this we need to talk about to our fans. So we're saying we're not going into actors tonight. Does that mean that we are threatening them with a proposed part three to second acts we'll say that but we'll also put a big tbd next to it <laughs> that we still have to go back and do the second acts of supporting characters yes and the uh the part the part two of uh 
of uh, the rise and, and fall of the NWO <laughs> and the part two of Star Wars toys. Star- I do want to talk more about Star Wars toys. I need to go back and re-listen to that so we can talk more about it. Yeah. Um, I'd like to talk so about the Book of, of Boba Fett things... on an episode two. Yeah, I would I would like to talk about that too. I, we we wrapped up. We finished we finished it. I think Saturday night. Um, Let's make that our next one. So yeah, uh, the Book of Boba. Yes, I would love to do. Okay, okay, all right. I feel like we can probably do that if, if we're so we're just not going. <laughs> it doesn't mean we're so not folks, going to. We do. It doesn't mean that. It's just saying we're going to go out of order. That's what we're going to do. We're not going to do. Right. We will. We will not do part one, part two, part three. Just bam, bam, bam. And, and I think that'll keep the one. listeners. That that keeps them motivated to keep checking in to see what our next episode is. Is this the part three I've been okay. waiting for? That, that that's that's a good point. That's a good point. It's a marketing so ploy. So I'm going to. Uh, so folks, we're going to uh, go now into our um, Mike Schmidt trivia. It is a two-part question tonight. Oh, one part I feel like one part the first part I feel like uh, Steve here is going to nail just right out of the shoot. Uh, but the second part is is going to be a little bit more difficult for him. Mike's Mike Schmidt's wife's name is crap. Uh... Oh, 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 he's stumped on part one. I would go with something like Kathy, but I. It's not. It's not maybe, Kathy. Maybe so I'm, Jacqueline. I'm gonna, folks, we're just going to go ahead. It's it's Donna. Donna. Donna Whiteman. Donna Whiteman hmm. is his spouse. I and probably so should know that. Part two. I mean, part two is just. Is this I mean, his kids' name? Be just. No, it's just going to be. What year were they married? That would be 1972. Well, that was close. I will give you that. That a lot of credit for that. They were married in 1974. Yeah, that's so, my second guess. So, f- for all of you Michael Jack Schmidt fans out there, his wife's name is Donna Whiteman, and they were married in 1974. Uh, I don't have an exact date on that. Maybe we can get that. Maybe our producer can get that for us for the next podcast on the Book uh, of Boba Fett. I think this should then and follow up can, with an absurd question like name two guests at the reception. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I would go just go with Mr. Pete Mr. Rose, Mr. and Mrs. Whiteman. Pete, Pete Rose no, he, and Manny He Trio. wouldn't have known Pete Rose in, in 74. He might have. I mean, Pete Rose was alive. Pete Rose is on the Reds, though, and Schmidt Rose, was very young. They were, they were close when they got to the Phillies and remained close, but I don't think him and Pete were hanging out. All right. Well, so... Um, so about, what we'll try all over to the do cat has made determine. his appearance. So we are, we are, depending on what day they got married, this is either they are either celebrate they've either celebrated forty seven or forty eight years of marriage. Wow. So as we continue with this podcast, we will begin the countdown to Mike and Donna Schmidt's fiftieth wedding anniversary. Unless they get That's married January, we're, then we're screwed. Why is that? Unless they got married January, right? Because the 50th would be, wait, <laughs> never mind. Never mind. 74, uh, right? Uh, so, so evidently Gerald Ford here is having trouble with the math part of the <laughs> equation. Um, 
Homework, so no, you like so, football so and nachos? Their, their 50th anniversary will be in 2024. That's right. So we have we have some time to prepare for that. So in in so we we are going to begin the countdown. We're going to confirm the date of Mike Schmidt's wedding day, and we're going to begin the countdown on our next podcast to how many days left until Mike Schmidt's 50th wedding anniversary, which we plan to celebrate with the good folks at Lilford's um, and the good folks of the internet who have brought us our podcast this evening. And, and God willing, uh, with we, sponsors and a growing podcast in two years, we'll have Mike Schmidt on. Well, I'm really hopeful that somewhere around his 50th anniversary, which is, you know, we'll, we'll let him and Donna have their day. <laughs> but sometime either right before or right after that anniversary, we do anticipate having Mike Schmidt join the podcast so that we can, we can talk about this. Do you think we'd have um, a better chance of getting Donna Schmidt or Mike Schmidt? Well, I'd love to have them both. But uh, one thing we will need to do is uh, both of us will need to brush up on our Mike Schmidt trivia so that we have plenty to talk about uh, beyond his baseball career between now and then. Agreed. Okay. So uh, is this then have we reached the, the point of sign-off? I think this is the point where we need to uh, exit the Nexus until our next episode. Okay. All right, folks. Be on the lookout for some more consistent uh, production on on the part of of, of the Nexus. Uh, this was this forward. is a milestone for us. Uh, we I'm... completed a part two, even though there's a part three looming somewhere in some time. We did Indeed. follow through. Indeed. Yes. Yes, we did. Yeah. And look for more so, content from us in uh, March of 2022, which is just a few weeks away. And if you work for Fancy Feast, just know. We, we know, know what you done. did, you bastards. <laughs> we know. <laughs> and this podcast, and one of our goals like is that. dedicated to exposing. <laughs> and just like that, we have reached the end. The next so, is closed. From all of us to all of you, good night. Good night.